Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Our children are constantly looking to us for examples. The term role model doesn't quite cut it here. We are shaping their worldview with every move we make. You see, it's not in the lectures we give or moments where we are actively attempting to teach them. It's in the micro movements we make, the unconscious ways in which we navigate life. We are constantly teaching our children how to show up for themselves, their friends, their future partners, and even their future children. So what can we do to ensure we are raising thoughtful, compassionate, self-aware human beings? We have to become them ourselves. No one is perfect, but we can still all be better, and it starts with self-healing. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Imperfect Momming. We have a very special guest today, Desiree Wolf. Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Thank you. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. This is a topic that I talk about probably daily just because it's part of life now. <laughs> well, honestly, now I am talking about it daily because <laughs> I've been pre-recording all of our podcasts I and love it. it's been back to back. So um Weeks have gone by for the listeners, but only days have gone by for me on every every episode. <laughs> now you are in the mode. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show. I've 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 been doing the mom thing for 13 years. I now have two of them. Um, I've got a 13 year old and an eight year old, and um, we are just you know trying to navigate everything that has been happening in the world. And um, last year I started my own podcast. So that, that's been a fun journey and I've been building an entire brand around that. Um, a couple months ago, I launched snarky sweary coffee mugs to go along with the slightly unfiltered podcast. And we are hoping to have more things launched this summer. So we're just continuing to grow and build the business and, and trying to juggle all the same things at the same time. <laughs> the, all the life stuff, plus yes. the like, new things of COVID, plus new things of podcast. And like, yes. how many things can we add to our plate? <laughs> I know, right? Just when I'm like, okay, you know what? Things are kind of quiet. Let's add five more things. <laughs> It's, that's what we do as moms, right? Or yes. women or something. I don't know. I know. I know. <laughs> Maybe the human condition. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, I think it's definitely moms. We we just were so conditioned to having all the things to juggle that when, when there's not a lot, I think we just kind of go, wait a minute, something doesn't feel right here. <laughs> yeah. I And, and I, uh, the thought just came to me that there's a lot of things that we're trying to distract from. And mm -hmm. when it's quiet, we need to create distractions from the things yes. that we don't want to pay attention to. Yeah. So that's a very I just made point. it real deep, real quick. Yes, you did. I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay. So I did see a meme the other day and it popped into my head. Oh, it was on Instagram and it was a mom walking into the house with 42 bags of um, groceries and then carrying two kids up the, up a flight of stairs. And then it said mom strength, except when it comes to pushups and why are those so hard? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so true. Oh my gosh. I relate to that so much. I was dying laughing. Okay. So tell me about your podcast. Tell my us. podcast is called slightly unfiltered. And it is um, conversations, just very casual, candid conversations with women who have either gone through some sort of journey where they have 
found they needed to become more unfiltered mm-hmm. or they discovered that they are no longer going to quiet their unfilteredness, which is my new favorite word that I made up. So yeah, you know, it's just really, I wanted to encourage women to embrace when you are being told you're too loud, you're too much, you're too extra, um, which are things that I heard my whole life to the point that I constantly tried to quiet myself. Mm. Um, I tried to go into hiding regularly, which actually led to dealing with depression and anxiety most of my life. Here I have this personality that wants to come out and wants to shine. And I was told, oh, you're just doing it for attention. Oh, you need to tone it down a little bit. And I had a tendency to go in the opposite direction. Well, if I'm too much, then you don't have to see me anymore. And I'm going to go into hiding in my house and close all the blinds and Mm. not talk to anybody for days at a time. And as I got older, I realized I wasn't the only one who did this. I wasn't the only woman who had been told you need to keep it down. You know, you need to, you know, hide yourself a little bit more, quit being so open. And once I realized that there's a whole community of women out there who have been struggling with trying to find this balance of being who they are and still trying to fit in, I realized that I wanted to shout from the rooftops, embrace who you are. And if you are too much for some people, those are not your people. Amen. So I wanted to create this, this community that grew out of the podcast of women who are okay with being slightly unfiltered. Yeah. And I've known you about five minutes and I love you. And, (laughs) (laughs) and I need to be a guest on your podcast because you you just spoke my story because that was, you know, I don't know that I was necessarily too much, but for so many years growing up, I was too emotional. And let me tell you how hard it's been learning to embrace my own emotions and embrace who I am. Like who I am is an emotional being. Like I'm emotional. I like there's tears in my eyes right now thinking about the fact that I don't like to cry in front of people. (laughs) So I cry in front of you right now. (laughs) Bring it on sister. I'm telling you, you know, and it's the same thing too, because I I was like that too. And I, I think they kind of go hand in hand when we are this big personality a, a lot of times with that comes the emotions of all sides. If we're going big on the party, guess what? We're going big when we're sad too, because right. that's just who we are. Yeah. yeah and I, I think we, I, it might be a thing as we get older, although I've seen younger women do it. I think we just have to get comfortable with this is who we are. And I'm not going to put myself in a box to make you more comfortable. Yeah. I, yeah. I, oh, I love that so much. And so like, since we're actually talking to parents and moms, um, like, is this something that you've embraced in your own children? Is this something that they embrace because you've embraced it? I think a little bit of both. I definitely encourage both my children to be comfortable with who they are. Mm -hmm. And in a way of sometimes that's going to take a little bit of exploring. Um, You know, my daughter came to me with one situation and she was really upset and she thought this is who she was and she didn't want to be like that. I said to her, you know what? You're young enough. Let's explore that a little bit. You don't have to make a decision on who you are right now. Yeah. And explore some of the things that you're thinking of and see if that's something you even like. You might start acting that way or doing those things and realize, well, that's not me either. And that's okay. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. We really get to, we get to define our own reality. And I know that, that it sounds kind of woo woo that we get to create the reality that we're in, but in all honesty, I, I watched, I was watching on this show that um, I think it was designated survivor. I'm, I don't know. I, it's, it's COVID. So I've been watching a lot of shows. <laughs> <laughs> random shows we never thought we would watch have random suddenly shows. found their way to our Netflix. Yes. Yes. And so they said, um, basically, I, I'm going to butcher the quote, but it was something along the lines of you create your own reality mm-hmm. because, you know, you get to decide you do, you get to create the narrative of your life. And you can decide that you're too much for people because they tell you that. Or you can decide that you are who you are and be that person. And I just had a conversation with my, my friend who was struggling. I talk about her a lot on the podcast (laughs) because she talks to me the most. And, and uh, we, we talk about um, a lot of her struggles uh, quite a lot. And she was telling me that, um, that she's, she's working for her grandfather and he's very, um, he thinks that this is the first time she's done, done in home supportive care. So she, he's telling her how to do it. <laughs> she's like, she's like, I've been doing this for seven years. And I just, and to be honest, I was getting a little bit frustrated because it's not the first time we've talked about this. Um, and I finally just said, you know, just because they share DNA with you doesn't mean that their opinion of you matters Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. their opinion of you is wrong. You know, it's wrong. And so the fact that they share DNA doesn't make their opinion any more important. Yeah. And she's like, if someone had told me that 15 years ago, (laughs) my life would be so different. And I'm like, well, that, and I'm just laughing in my head because it came from frustration. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it was, it was the truth. It, and and I and it wasn't frustration at her necessarily. It was frustration at her family and because mm-hmm. they're all like that. Anyway. Well, you know, I think I think family a lot of times is who we have to practice setting boundaries with mm-hmm. the most. Because they're the ones who are no matter what boundary you have, family is going to be the ones who push the boundaries the most yeah. um, or just completely ignore them sometimes. And, and I think they're the hardest people to set the boundaries to begin with. They're the hardest people to continue to reinforce the boundaries, mm. but they're the most important people that we set boundaries for. And that was a hard lesson for me, especially in my own household, simply because I didn't want to be a bother to the other people. You know, I wanted to make sure that I was available for my kids during working hours, you know, that kind of thing. So it was, but what ended up happening is I was stressing myself out when really all I had to do was look at my family and go, Hey guys, I need everybody to leave me alone for the next 20 minutes. Yeah. Okay. And that's it. And that's, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that I wasn't no longer available for them. I just wasn't available for 20 minutes. It didn't mean I was out the door with all my stuff, leaving them behind. And I think in our minds, a lot of times we have that tendency to go to the extreme of, if I tell my family, no, they can't bother me for the next hour, they're going to think I'm a horrible mother. Well, guess what? (laughs) You've got 
17 and nine months and, you know, all these years left to be the horrible mother, they're not going to think you're the worst because you need an hour of time to yourself for whatever reason. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, my, my, I have had a home-based business for 10 years and want, that's something that you have to learn, especially when you have, you know, you're working from home. And so, when certain people that you live with don't see what you're doing as work and you're just home, mm -hmm. then it's really difficult for them to see the boundaries. And we're not taught how to, how to set boundaries. Like that's not something we're taught the same way. We're not taught our language by reading a dictionary, like we're taught mm -hmm. by communication. So we're yeah. observing what's going on and we make our own, um, our own understanding from the thing that's going on. And yeah. unless you make a point to discuss it with your kids or your husband or, and have these conversations, it's open to interpretation. Yeah. But that's, when, the, that, that's the dangerous part. <laughs> that, it's so dangerous. And, you know, my dad likes to communicate in as few words as possible. And, <laughs> and I remember the, the moment when I thought, oh, my gosh, that is so dangerous when it comes to communication. Because from a coaching standpoint, you have, we all have our own filters. We all have our own realities that like, that's why they say there's the truth or there's, you know, your side, my side and the truth. Yeah. And that's 100%. And, and I don't even believe that there is a truth anymore because the third party perspective has their own mm -hmm. filters and yep. their, and their own biases. And so yeah. anyway, I'll go off on that tangent, um, <laughs> but a clear boundary with your family is, Hey, I'm going to be in this location for this amount of time. And I need zero distractions. I need zero interruptions unless there's blood or yes. a broken bone. Right. Yes. And then you as the prof business professional need to honor the boundary too. Yes. And so if they break the boundary and come in and talk to you, say, okay, I have 45 more minutes and go back to your work. And then when 45 more minutes is up, you stop. Yes. Because they're not going to listen to your boundary if you're not even listening to your boundary. Oh, amen. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's, that's such a golden nugget right there. And that's, that's something that I had to learn the hard way too. I realized, you know what, I'm getting mad that they're not leaving me alone for an hour, but at the 45 minute mark, like you're saying, I'm getting up and doing what they're asking me to do. So why should they follow the boundary when I'm not paying attention to it myself? Yeah. You know, and then it, then it's just the frustration of, well, you guys couldn't even give me an hour. Well, you didn't make us take one, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it, it, I think recognizing that is a huge eye opener as a parent in general, not even just working from home, but knowing that, you know, it goes back to kind of setting those rules and making sure that you're sticking with them and, yeah. and don't say you can't do this. And then, you know, let it slide and then get mad that they're doing it, you know, that kind of thing. And it's, we, we have to do the same thing with ourselves. <laughs> right. And the, the, the other day I was thinking about moms complain that they can't have five minutes in the bathroom by themselves. Right. <laughs> like, yes. I know you've heard this. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and I started thinking, well, men have five minutes alone in the bathroom. <laughs> so why don't moms 
And honestly, because a man goes into the bathroom and he locks the door and doesn't allow the knocking on the door to bother him. He'll even say, Hey, I'm in the bathroom. Go away. I'll be done when I'm done. And moms don't do that because the, the household will spontaneously combust if they have those five minutes without the kids. Right. And I was like, this whole five minutes alone in the bathroom thing is a boundary issue. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that might have to be my next book is about boundaries because obviously it's a conversation I enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I mean, because they're just so important because when, when I'm chatting with women about, you know, situations that they're going through a lot of times, that's one of the first things that I say is, okay, well, what have you allowed up to this point? And really that's what boundaries have you decided not to set into place? And once they say, well, I've allowed this to happen and this to happen. Okay. Well, you have, you know, two choices you can make. You can continue to let it happen or you can set your boundary now and see what happens then. Yeah. And I think you said a very important thing that a lot of people don't realize it's I allowed X, Y, Z to happen. Yes. There's so much blaming and, 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 um, you know, mom shaming out there, but in reality, it's, it's only there because we allow it to be there. So we're, we look at it, we accept it. We decide that what they say is right versus what is right for us. Mm-hmm. And then we feel shamed. Yes. And, you know, we like everybody wants to focus on how do I change Desiree's behavior? Desiree's making me feel bad. Desiree's hurting my feelings. Desiree won't listen to me when we're probably not even communicating properly. There's something that we're getting out of it. I had a coaching call with someone that she said she was attracting Uh, narcissistic men. And I said, what are you getting out of it? Mm. And it it stopped her for a second. And she was like, oh, they like blow smoke up my butt for the first month. And I'm just eating that up. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then it switches. And then you're beating yourself up because you allowed them into your life, but they served a purpose. And so when you understand what the purpose they're serving is, you get to make a new choice. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and that's the amazing thing is every decision that you make, hardly any of them are permanent. Yeah. You get to change your mind. You get to have a communication where you change the rules there. You know, everything in my opinion is open to negotiation. Mm -hmm. And just because something has been a certain way for so long, doesn't mean it has to continue that way just because it is. Just because, yeah, Yeah. just because it's always been that way doesn't mean it always has to be that way. I mean, we have a lot of social unrest right now because people are saying, I don't want this to keep going. Mm -hmm. I don't like how we're being treated. Let's stop. I mean, and and it's happening in multiple areas. Yes. You know, and so just because it's always been doesn't mean it has to always be. Yes. And the, you know, the, the actual change is probably the hardest part. I used to have, um, I used to have a boss who would say, nobody likes change, but a wet baby. Mm. And 
<laughs> if you can get through the phase where the change is that you making the decision to make the change is step number one. And that's probably the most hardest part about it. Getting through whatever you're changing is the second hardest part. Once you get through that, guess what? The doors open up again and now things are smooth sailing again. So getting through the change part is the hardest. But if you're recognizing that something has to change, then something has to change. Yeah. And that's always been kind of, you know, my rule in the back of my mind is if it's bothering me enough or upsetting me enough that I wish it were different, then it, chances are it should be. And and like you're saying, you know, I love what you're saying about um, the allowing versus this is what these people are doing to me. Yeah. Well, you're allowing it. Right. And I think that's where a lot of people, we just have to take responsibility, you know, and that's in all areas of our life. We, you know, yeah. we have to do it as parents. We have to make sure that we're taking responsibility for our children's actions or the way that our children uh, respond or speak to other people or those kinds of things. That's, that, that all comes back to us. We've allowed it to happen. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm not bringing this up to beat us up. And, right. you know, we're Nickelodeon used to have a thing. It said where parents were not perfect. And and my husband and I used to laugh about it. And every time one of us would screw up, that's what we would text each other when our daughter was young. And um, it just it always made us laugh because most of us have never done this before. You know, this is our first rodeo as parents. If they didn't come with instruction manuals. Right. So I think it's just important that, you know, we, we have to set those boundaries. We have to know that if something's not working, let's figure out a way to change it. And, you know, the, the good news is, is then if that's not working, we can still change it again. Yeah. Nothing, nothing is written in stone. Nothing has to stay the way that it is. <laughs> like you said, most things aren't permanent and, you exactly. know, there's, there's certain things that, you know, happen that are consequences to choices that we've made, but we're always, we are always at choice. Earlier today, I was having a conversation about, for some reason, the, the topic of um, so, solo parent versus single parent came up mm. and, um, and I, I'd never heard the term solo parent and I was like, what's the difference and what's the point? Right. And in that conversation, I said, you know, why would anybody choose to be a single parent? Because I was holding on to me becoming a single mom as not my choice. Mm. And even when I was saying it, I was like, yeah, I chose to leave, but it didn't feel holy crap. It just, I, I've been <laughs> holding on to it like I didn't have a choice. Yeah. And yeah. I was having so much resentment for my ex-husband because he chose to walk away and he chose to move eight hours away. And he thinks that feeling guilty is his redemption for making those choices mm. when I can't walk away. And it's not that I can't, I, I, I can't because I never would. Right. But I'm right. choosing not to, cause I can. Yeah but I'm absolutely choosing not to. And I chose to leave and it just didn't feel like a choice for nine years. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and the other side of that too, is we also, the, the choice in situations like that, where it's not necessarily us making the choice that the situation needs to end. 
we get to choose how we handle it. We get to choose how we feel about it. We get to choose, you know, how we're going to look at it. We get to choose how we talk about it. All of that kind of stuff. We, we have to remember that we may not have complete control, but we have control over how we approach it or how we handle the situation. Always have a choice in the way that we look at it and the way that we look at it has so much power. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I'm sure, you know, everybody knows my story that I, for a long time, I felt guilty that I let someone, you know, hurt my son. Mm -hmm. And really the thing that let go of the guilt of that was realizing that I didn't let it happen it happens. And I did everything that I could after it happened to yeah. make it better. And I mean, my son's nine years old. He doesn't re- hardly remember any of it. And he doesn't remember the worst of it, which is amazing. Yeah. And I was still feeling guilty over this, this incident for, you know, three, four years until I started thinking of it differently. There's so much power in, in realizing that there's different ways to look at things. There's different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And beating yourself up over it doesn't do anybody any good. (laughs) Not you and definitely not your kids. Exactly. Um, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. They're little sponges who absorb almost everything that we're feeling. (laughs) Yeah. Oh gosh. Like, I had a, I had a zoom call once with Lisa Nichols. She's a um, a motivational speaker for anybody Mm -hmm. who doesn't know her, but um, I was on a zoom call with her. It was an emotional conversation. So I'm crying. And as soon as I start crying and yes, it's super comfortable with 50 people looking at you cry. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And um, my son walks into the room and he climbs onto my lap. And I said, my, my tears appear. And so does he. And Lisa Nichols said, he knows his purpose in life. Mm -hmm. And it's, they are so connected to how we feel that it's, that's why, that's why I started this podcast. Like the emotional healing that we do is generational healing. Mm -hmm. It's, it's stopping the, the stuff from passing on to our kids. There's another meme on Facebook where Spider-Man's holding back a bus from hitting a kid. Yeah. The bus says my family, my family's history or my family trauma. And then Spider-Man is me and the kid is my kid. Yeah. And um, it's like when you like you are the thing. Mm-hmm. But you heal it. You stop it from getting on your kids by healing it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it does, it's very uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) and you have to cry sometimes in 50, in front of 50 people, in front of 50 people on a zoom call. Yes. But it was probably very therapeutic after the fact. Yes. With someone who's pretty famous. Like, yes. (laughs) Well, if you're going to cry, that sounds like a great place to do it. You know, I mean, she's a life coach and everything. I think I know. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So funny. Yeah. Okay. So what's a piece of advice that you want to give to our moms? A piece of advice to give to our moms listening would be take it easy on yourself. The guilt and the stress is not good for you or the family. Right. So just take it easy on yourself. We're all doing the best that we can every day. Yeah. 
I'm not perfect. I, I'm a parent, right? Exactly. I have a friend who, who used to say, um, she, she's not a mom, but she's one of those who is very empathetic towards her mom friends. And she said to me once I was talking to her about, oh my God, this is going to screw my kid up. And she goes, you know what? Every day, just ask yourself, what will my child talk about this in therapy? <laughs> and it just always kind of made me laugh because I think every mom feels that way. Is how is this going to screw up my kid? Well, you know what? Look at look at all of us. How many of us have life coaches or have gone to therapy or have that one friend we just have to spill everything to? We all feel that way. Yeah. You know, that doesn't make you a horrible mom. It makes you a mom. Right. It makes you human. And mm -hmm. I think that a big part of me, like I know my big thing is guilt, mom guilt specifically. Yeah. And but a big thing that stopped me from feeling guilty about all the itty, all the little minor mistakes I was making all the time, and I only felt guilty about this really big thing, um, was that I realized a long time ago that none of us get through life unscathed, and mm -hmm. some of the things are some of the things that bug him in life or that harm him in life were going to come from me. And some were going to come from his dad and some were going to come from school. And it's just a matter of fact of life that none of us get through life unscathed. We all have things that we have to heal from. And it, it just is. Yeah. And I don't know why I had that thought or why that, but that was compassion for mm -hmm. my mistakes. Yeah. And so I like to call it character building. <laughs> exactly. Like. <laughs> Every everything we go through, everything they go through, it's all building character. <laughs> I think I heard a character on a um I think it was a, a Buffy episode. I'm a big Buffy fan. And, <laughs> and I think Cordelia said, Can I have I already have a lot of character? Can you have too much character? <laughs> That's too funny. Oh my gosh. I saw her in a new episode of uh, oh, I saw her in an episode of um of Lucifer. I just started watching it. There's I'm five se there's five seasons into the show and I just started watching it. I haven't started that one yet, but it's on my list of shows to, oh, to check out. It's I I resisted it for a while because I wasn't sure how I felt about, you know, making making us feel, you know, empathy or sympathy for the devil. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really good. Um anyway, she was on on an episode and she just you could just tell she'd had plastic surgery done. And I was like, Oh, I'm, you were so pretty. <laughs> I know. You know, I, I, that's one of the things that, that when I look at actors and actresses from, you know, that I watched growing up and I'm looking at them now and I'm like, Oh my God, we're all getting old. Aren't we? <laughs> what the heck is up with Tom Cruise? How come he has not aged. We some girlfriends and I were just talking about. There's like this group of actors. It's Paul Rudd, Rob Lowe, uh, Tom Cruise, and I forget. There was one more that. Yeah, we were talking about like what are they drinking? What's the juice these guys take every morning? Because right. they're not getting any older. It was yeah. It's not. It's not cool. But um, <laughs> is there is there a book that was exceptionally uh, impactful in your life? Yes. Uh, the book is called Train Your Brain by Dana Wild. Mm -hmm. And I, um, Dana was actually my mentor for many years. And I met her when I was in the corporate side of network marketing. Um, she was one of our top sales reps for the company. Um, and she had started uh, teaching her team 
um, the importance of things like mantras and brain training and all of that kind of stuff. And all of that was new to me. I hadn't really, you know, gone down the personal development rabbit hole at that time. And it really was just all about your thoughts are your reality type thing. And, and what you think is what you bring. And, and, you know, she talks about manifesting, but not in a way that's like, get out your crystals and light your sage and that kind of stuff. It's really, she really approaches it from a, a scientific method of mm-hmm. here's how the brain works. Here's the parts of your brain that do your thinking. Uh, you know, here's the parts of your brain that are attracted to the senses that are around you. And, and here's how you can start to control those types of things. Mm-hmm. So that book was probably the most impactful book I've ever read. Um, just because it, it simply took something that I thought I had to uh, be sort of this metaphysical woo-woo person to understand. And she broke it down and said, nope, here's why science said this works. Yeah, that's so awesome. I That's interesting to me. I'll probably have to pick that book up. I'm the biggest reason I'm going to spoiler alert. The biggest reason I ask for a book recommendation is because I'm building my book list. To read. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But I mean, you said it, you're, you said it just a second ago that the personal development rabbit hole, like it is a rabbit hole, but it's a good one. Like yeah. it's be, in my curiosity of discussing this kind of stuff with other moms like I what I've found is you're either into personal development or you're not and you're really really in when you're in and you're not when you're not like it's there's no there's no gray area it's completely black and white I agree and yeah it's it's just fascinating that if yeah in you're in and if you're out you're out yeah I I agree and I put it off for many years, like, you know, especially being in the network marketing industry, they're very big on personal development. And when I first, you know, joined the company that I was with, um, I was like, oh my God, I used to roll my eyes at some of the speakers and the, you know, the calls and the trainings. I was like, this stuff is so stupid. Mm. And then I actually started listening and it was probably Dana speaking on stage, talking about her training. And I was like, I remember when we were doing um, a training circuit and Dana was our keynote speaker for all these different cities. And I was the event planner. I was the corporate event planner. So I traveled to all the cities. I heard Dana's presentation probably seven times within two months. And Mm. I think the third time I actually had the opportunity to sit in the back of the room and just kind of listen. I wasn't running around looking for lunch and all that kind of stuff. And I'm sitting there and I just start crying. And I'm like, this is the third time, if not more, that I've heard this woman's presentation. Why am I crying now? And it's because I finally realized you can hear the same advice 200 times. But if that's not where you're at in your life and you're not ready to receive the advice, it doesn't matter. But what I had been going through, Dana's words were just what I needed to hear that day. And I remember going up to her afterwards and I was like, how, how am I crying? I've known you for five years. I've heard this presentation, you know, 13 times in the last two months, probably. And she said, because the universe knew that you needed this message today. Mm. And I was like, all right, I get it. And that was like the light bulb going on for me learning to embrace personal development a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And then of course the years go by and you just start, they're like layers of onions. You just peel and peel. And the more you you start to understand why this is happening, you're like, oh, you go back over here to this side and you peel another layer over there. And then you just keep kind of digging until you start to fully understand what you're learning. 
My upline in my direct sales business uh, would always say that when, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And I think yes. she got super annoyed with me that the te- that she was never the teacher. <laughs> like she would always yeah. say the thing, yeah. but I would hear it from someone else and that I would get yeah. it. That was my mom. My mom was like that. She's like, I said that to you five <laughs> years ago. You don't ever listen to your mom. And I'm like, well, I just, I wasn't ready to hear it then. Yeah. I'm ready now, you know? And, and it's so true. Like I, I hired a business coach coach recently and she's not saying anything I haven't heard before, but she's the, like, I'm, I'm ready for it. And she's putting pieces of the puzzle. Like I had these, these puzzle pieces of information and she's finally putting them together. Like Mm -hmm. she's helping me put them together. And it's just, it's like, oh, I've been so desperately seeking this. Well, you know what? And none of the information has changed. Right. People are just finding new ways to present it to us. Yeah. And I think that makes a difference too. There's hardly any training out there that I'm like, oh my gosh, this is revolutionary. Like I've never heard this before. I've heard it all before. Yeah. But it's their deliverance. It's the tone. It's the, you know, could be the picture that they used in their presentation, that kind of thing. That's what I think is like that aha trigger moment for Mm -hmm. us of where we finally realize, oh yeah, this makes sense now. Yeah. And you can hear a quote, like a friend of mine and I were talking about this too, where we'll hear a quote and it's like, oh, that's so nice. And then you get into personal development and you dig so deep into your own healing and you mm-hmm. hear that phrase again. And, and you're like, you want to shake people and say, no, it's so much more profound than what you're thinking. <laughs> I know. Cause I, yes. that's what I yes. used to say. This is not a quote on a meme. I'm telling you, that's just it's the surface so of it. <laughs> <my God. laughs> okay. So tell everybody how to find you. You can find me and my podcast at slightlyunfiltered.com. And that's where you'll learn all about me and the podcast as well. And the snarky coffee mugs live at slightlyunfilteredcoffee.com. Okay. Can you give us one example? Like, do you have one that's your favorite off the top of your head? Are you okay with me saying the F word? (laughs) Okay. Let's say bleep because I don't know if producers are okay with it. Okay, the, the one that's probably one of my favorites, and it's my top seller is Ray of F and Sunshine. And it's just mm-hmm. a cute little picture of the sun. <laughs> that's one of my top sellers. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> I mean, okay, I love the F word. It's probably like I, I filter myself. Uh, but when I get around my coachy friends, like we're dropping F bombs, like it's nobody's business. And it. Um, it, like our, in our, community we like to say f that noise like yeah whatever you're saying f that noise yeah. like that's yep. not yeah so my favorite my new favorite mug says my boss told me to have a nice day and so I went home <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love it I'm out of here yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I'm big on coffee mugs I'm 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 a coffee mug collector so I'm gonna have to browse your website and I'll probably yes. end up with a couple of them to my boyfriend's chagrin but uh <laughs> I remember in my early 20s going to Disneyland because we're only like three, maybe four hours with traffic away from Disneyland. So we would go every year. And I remember going and looking through the coffee mugs and every single one of the coffee mugs um, was had a different character on it. And they were all 
negative towards mornings, like morning suck. Mm. And, you know, um, I think Tinkerbell was saying something along the lines of um, mornings aren't magical or, you know, just stuff like that. And there was one that was positive and it was um, Snow White. And she said, even in the morning, I'm the fairest of them all. And that's (laughs) the one that I bought because Uh we don't need any more negativity for the morning. Mornings can be negative enough. Like, exactly. Yes. Let's get joy from our mug in the morning. (laughs) uh, Ray of effing sunshine. (laughs) Yep. That's right. Start the day off with a smile and a sweary coffee mug. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, Desiree. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And I'm so gr- glad that you've really, truly embraced your your authentic self. Um, well, thank you. The world doesn't need a carbon copy or a muted version of who you are. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on. So we'll be back next week with another episode. And until then, keep on healing. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Imperfect Mommying. It's time for us to step up and realize that our power is not in trying to shape our children. Our power lies in shaping ourselves into the people we want our children to model themselves after. Don't just do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. When you become a more self-aware, compassionate, and confident person, you and everyone around you benefit. For more information about me and my work, visit alishalyons.com. That's A-L-Y-S-I-A-L-Y-O-N-S dot com. See you next time. Views expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station, its management, or advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio.